ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and I have a wonderful guest with me today, of course. Her name is Elizabeth Duncan Hawker. She comes to us all the way from Virginia, uh, Norfolk City, Virginia. And I think she affectionately is known as the Red Hawk, which I can tell by her beautiful red hair. Welcome, Elizabeth, to the podcast. Oh, Janice, it's such a pleasure to be here. And I have listened to so many of your podcasts with Relationships Rule. And I got to tell you, you were one of the best podcasters I've seen it. It's been, I, I mean, I always learn something from it. So thank you for being um, kind enough to have me here today. Thank oh, you. it's my pleasure. And, and after that comment and compliment, you can come back anytime. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So I want to tell my audience a little bit about Elizabeth, and then I'm going to let her tell the bigger story. Um, I know, and I'm very excited for her because her new book just came out as we speak. Um, I think at the end of December, 2020, yep, Collecting True Friends. And I just have had a snippet of it, but I have it, and I'm very excited to read the rest of it. She is a, an award-winning speaker, a best-selling author, and has trained thousands of professionals to increase their sales, referrals, and collaborations. Whether she's coaching from a live or virtual stage or consulting entrepreneurs and organizations in workshops, her techniques compel busy leaders to hit higher goals. I always like that because I think it's the little nuances that make the difference, right? And I think that when, um, when somebody speaks about we used to call these soft skills right networking right. skills and and right. connecting skills but they're really more than that so first of all i want to ask you how did you come to this because you worked in corporate right for oh, yes 20, 25 years i was in uh, doing strategy and business development and it was funny because then six years ago when i went out to be an entrepreneur and uh, start consulting company. That's where Red Hawk came from. So I named the business Red Hawk Strategic Solutions. And then when I was out networking, because here I am having to do a brand shift. I mean, everybody had known me as this executive over at this company. They knew me as that title. And then all of a sudden I'm working independently. So I had to reinvent myself. Uh, you can't just go on to LinkedIn and post a new profile. They want to go, what are you doing? You left this and have you lost your mind? And yes. so that's when I would walk into events, Janice, and then people would go, hey, the Red Hawks here. So that's when I learned early, like if that's how you identify me, yes, <laughs> she is here and you remembered me because in networking, that's the first rule that we need to know of with our soft skills is how do we stand out? How do we be memorable? And my joke is when I do the training classes for companies, I always tell everybody, I mean that in a great way. <laughs> like we don't want to be the person like, oh, I know him. Yes. You know, yes. We want to be the person that goes, oh, I know him. There's a big difference. So we want to be memorable in a great way. So yeah, so uh, networking has taken a big shift. And I, I've learned being in corporate all those years that 
even though senior leadership did not believe that we should all be friendly with one another, because back then, I mean, it was it was a different time. I mean, we were taught, you know, you have your chiefs and you have your senior leaders and you have your middle management and you have your employees and you can be friendly, but you don't commingle. And I never followed those rules. I didn't follow the rules either, Janice, about that I couldn't be friends with vendors. You know, I mean, I always kept the line of proprietary and I knew that, you know, you were representing your company and they're representing yours. But I got to tell you, some of my best friends that are still my best friends today started because they were exterior to the business. And that's where, like with collecting true friends, I've mentioned that so many times in the book is like, you don't know where your best friend is or your best client or your best colleague or the person that you just need to answer that question today is i mean they could be standing right in front of you mm -hmm. i know uh you said a couple of things in there about having to reinvent yourself i had to do the same thing coming from corporate as well and i remember back in those days networking was still quite new and you know i'd go to a chamber of commerce event because that's where there would be a lot of people and I could mix and mingle and let them know who I was. And what I did, not that we care what I did, but I, I, I want to say this for, for a reason, <laughs> yes, but, uh, is that um, I made sure I figured out really quickly how to work a room because I guess I'm an extrovert in so many ways. So I figured out how to work the room to my advantage, but also um, coming from an honest place because that I'm a heartfelt a heart driven person and it was who interested me who I was curious about those kinds of things, but um, I got the reputation of. Um, oh, you want to meet someone or you don't know who that is ask Janice she knows everybody. And That's so, beautiful so that was really important for me that people could see that i was a connector and that's what I loved to do, but it's not a natural thing for everybody so you know first of all let's look at you know what would you say generally speaking you know are the three top things you need to be aware of let's say when you go networking well it, it depends on if we're virtual so yeah if we're, so let's start with so face -to -face. Let's, let's talk universally between the yes, two yes, we can start yes. there. so the first thing is and uh, and i also have this on my website i think you'll be able to have it so okay. there's the seven seven top secrets to how to connect effectively and one of the very first top secrets is that I tell everybody and they laugh, but I tell them, I'm like, fix your face. And I don't mean fix your lipstick if you're a woman or comb your hair if you're a guy. I mean, how are you, how, if I look across the room at you or if I look across Zoom with you, this is universal. Am I seeing a face of annoyance? Am I seeing a face, seriously? And you know what I'm talking about, like, right? And there's so many times that we want to talk to somebody or engage with somebody or go and chat in Zoom. And then we're looking at them and we're thinking, I don't know if they're approachable. Or how about this? If you had this happen, you'll say something and then someone will make a face. And you know what? I always, uh, when I was standing up in front of, you know, audiences teaching this stuff, I say, they might be making a face because they have a bunion, <laughs> right? There might be their back. Maybe they were throwing their two year old kid around last night and now their back's killing them and they just move forward and they're like, oh, right. And we we think everything is about us. So as humans, and so the number one thing is fix your face, make sure you're approachable. If you do go to a face that's like annoyance face or you or you, you know, make sure you recover that. 
you know, the, the other thing too, is that remember that follow-up is that's a, that's the second biggest one. I'm going to boil down my top three, but follow-up. So you and I meet, for example, we were introduced by somebody else. If I never did anything with that, nothing would have happened today right. and your listeners would not be here. And you would have thought, well, that's weird because I reached out to her and everything. Now, for example, though, I will I will tell the quick story, though. You know, last month we all had the COVID thing. The first thing I did when I started with you two is I followed up with apologizing that I was not more prompt. So if this, the third rule I would say is that if you have not done what you were supposed to do with somebody, let them know why. Mm -hmm. That's the third rule, because because people are very forgiving but if you don't communicate and tell them like hey i know i was supposed to send that report to you or I, I thought i was supposed to do that introduction for you or i didn't get that thing in the mail right just tell them be honest you know but don't overlook it because they might have needed that and i've had this happen to me many times they may have been sitting there going okay well it's a friday they said they were going to get that to me i'll have that by monday and i can incorporate that in my next thing i'm doing and then if i don't hear from the person then i think oh are they unreliable do they not want to communicate with me so people start telling ourselves stories so so fix your face that's the funny way of just saying like okay pay attention how are you showing up how do you look from a distance do you look like you don't want people to talk to you and on zoom that's applicable too and then also make sure you follow up with anybody that you've been introduced to or you've met or on the number three if you've promised to do something which was a follow-up or i was supposed to send you something if you're late it's okay but make sure you get back with the people and tell them because we want to be respected at the end of the day and you do those three things you're golden because because then you become memorable remember we started with it we want to be memorable in a great way not memorable for oh yeah, <laughs> yeah those are great tips thank you um, so you actually made me think of a couple of things there and one of them is a topic i know is near and dear to you and that that you know i've spent i told you before we went online that it's been snowing here like crazy and we're not used to that and but that's just one reason. There are other reasons as well where since COVID, and I've always been working from home, but I used to go out to events and or meet people for lunch just to get out of the house. Right, right. I find that I'm isolated and I'm in the house all day, maybe four days in a row, and I don't realize I haven't gone anywhere. It's terrible. And I, I think that all day long I'm talking to people and mostly on Zoom. So I'm seeing people, I feel like I'm, you know, interacting. I'm I'm not quietly by myself all day. However, when I sit back at the end of the day in the evening, watching TV, knitting, talking to my husband, watching the ball game, not the Dallas Cowboys, but I know that's your biggest. <laughs> um, I, I feel, I feel kind of isolated and I realize that at that time that my god i haven't been out for days there's a different feeling so absolutely it's and like we're networking but it's transitioned and it's hurting in some ways do you want to speak to that a little bit it, it is and you know why and and i hey i feel like a big student i got the answer for that call on me call on me <laughs> when we are in person and we we are in a group of people you and i if we haven't seen each other in a while 
you know, we, we animately show that. And remember, 55% of our communication comes through body language. With Zoom, we're getting this one little square. So you may think that you know how I feel about seeing you, but there is beyond a doubt, no question if I'm in person with you, because you can also feel my energy. Yes. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest things that you're missing. And I know I miss is that because I'm an extrovert, but even the introverts, when we're locked into um, even our offices or we're forced to work remotely constantly and we don't get back out at the water cooler and we're not bumping into someone to get our cup of coffee, there's no physical energy exchange. And, and that, that's the one part to it. The second part is, is that when we are in a different environment, we can actually pull each other aside and that's when this is where the beauty of it comes that's when we can have a real connection that's where we have the real conversation it's not the superficial stuff that we're doing on zoom it's not the the uh, we're sitting at the table if we're at a live event and we're just chit-chatting because other people are listening but we can actually physically extract ourselves separately and when we get that private moment with one another that's when we are opening ourselves up to our heart opens our mind opens and it's a choice we make how much do I want to share with you? How much do you want to share with me? But when we have that intimacy to share, then Janice, then that is the moment Then all of a sudden we don't feel like we're lonesome anymore. My mom calls it lo lonesome. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why people can be within a whole room of people and feel lonely mm -hmm. because they're not having that private conversation, even just that five minutes to be able to tell somebody you know what, this month was something. I, my daughter graduated, my grandchildren did this, the dog did, if we, you know, stuff that I wouldn't normally tell people, right? Or I could say, or this month was really hard. And can I, do you have a moment? Can I tell you about it? And somebody's listening. We don't get that. We don't get that enough when we're remote right now. And it's tough. And it's, and that's why we used to like to go to our mailbox. And I think you're snowed in, but. <laughs> Down, down here in the South and in Virginia Beach, you know, we'll see people walking their dog out front yeah. or, you know, we'll go to the mailbox. Hey, how are you? We get caught up, but yeah. I feel their energy and we have a real conversation. That's really true. And I think, okay, so when I first met you on mm -hmm. Zoom, I could feel your energy. So I can feel it because you're outgoing and you're bubbly. Yeah. And and you know we think alike so i could tell that right away and i think you have to be a good judge of character to yeah. be able to do that number one and um and so i feel like i just had my tarot cards read online like <laughs> this woman was amazing and uh in fact i won it um at a meeting um in the fall in um in december or november which is the meeting i was telling you about so she does like prizes and stuff so it's kind of fun anyway she was very much energy driven through the zoom which was you know that's her things this woman that did that okay but um so when we're networking online and we go into these breakout rooms and they're they are really kind of superficial i think what's really important is to be able to pick up on the people you you're curious enough about to want to know more and then do that follow-up that's so important that you mentioned and book that one-on-one -on -one so you can actually dive a little bit deeper with people because that's the only way you're going to develop any kind of relationship 
Totally agree. And one of the things I love to do, like if we're on virtual, is I listen. Big thing, everybody needs to listen right now, right? And that's why podcasts are so great because people don't want, they don't, they don't need the visual like we do. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to see what are the responses somebody makes, what is their energy level? Because we can do an energy check on like, you know, did were they kind to that person? Did they respond favorably? Did they get defensive when they when the speaker said something? I mean, so we can pick up and then I go over to the private chat and then I tell them specifically, I'm like, hey, Holly loved your comment about this kind of engagement or hey steve i never knew that about house buying you know it, that's really profound you're, you're really good at what you do it's nice to meet you i'm not asking anything but i'm just getting on their radar showing yeah, so listening that's yeah, really and, and then in the private chat but just don't write to somebody and do because then it gets weird if we just go into the, and i've had people do this too in the chat go hey i'm glad you're here or i liked what you said I'm like, about what? I yeah. mean, because we've been talking for an hour. It's like, yes, yes. You know, so so you know, talk with specificity, just like you would in person. You wouldn't just walk up to somebody if you've been in a meeting for an hour and then walk across the room and just go, hey, Janice, I liked what you said. You'd be like, or I, or I wouldn't just stand there and go, hey, how are you today? I mean, you'd go, great. How are you? I mean, you know, I, I would probably start with something softer like that. Like, Hey, you know what? I love those glasses. That's one of my favorite is the tortoise tortoise rims and stuff. You're really stylish. You know, what, what brought you here today? So I would, I would compliment you. And then I would, then I would give you an answer to come back to me. And then, Oh, I came here today because, so I'd make it easy for you to start talking to me when we just directly ask people how they are. And that's creepy because it's, we, we're like, hmm. <laughs> well, that happens in the grocery store, right? Hey, how all are you? the time. And I say, well, not doing very well today, but that's okay. And just to see if they've listened. Yeah. They don't listen to the answer anyway. So, but, um, so when you, um, do you mostly speak corporately or like in associations, things like that? Is it, do you like to get into the bigger corporations? I, I am. I, so I speak a lot for universities mm -hmm. and major, major events. So I keynote speak. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting though, is entrepreneurs are drawn to me. And I guess it's because maybe of my corporate training and strategy. And then I've been out here for six years running the Red Hawk Consulting. Uh, but I have a lot of service industry. And then of course, a lot of MLM that mm -hmm. uh, over the years, I've gotten to know them. And I, I think multi-layer marketing is a wonderful. I love wonderful it world out there it's uh it's it's a good fit for everybody but it's interesting how many people will start in uh as an entrepreneur for example and they'll go launch their business and that's basically what mlm does too but they'll go out there and then all of a sudden they realize you know what i don't have any training how to talk to people or i don't i don't really know what's working or it's not working so i'm just going to follow whatever my leader tells me that i should do or my boss and uh, i remember being in corporate Janice and my boss telling me to go out and follow up with the surgeons in the area. And this is how I would approach them. And I'm thinking, if I did that, if someone came and knocked on my office practice and wanted, I would be like, no, go away. So I just went, okay. And then I would go out there and launch programs doing the way I would, and I would approach it from relationship marketing, which is what your whole show is about. It's like, you know, I would, I would try to figure out, well, we, you know, what is the thing you need, doctor? You know, what is what, to, you know, how can my big company help your company 
and make your life easier. And of course, now in, in entrepreneur world, we call that pains, but in the corporate world, we didn't call it pain. We would just say, what are your challenges? And then we would try to do like the strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Remember the old SWOT, S-W-O-T thing? So I would do a SWOT study on them. And, but it was basically about asking and probing. And then it was interesting because you get different answers between the senior leaders and the people actually doing the work. And then I would have to develop like a hybrid approach. So planning and strategy. So yeah, this is that that all has to go into relationship building. You've got to have a plan. You've got to know before you get to an event who, in fact, it, that's one of the things that I'm just posting recently. It's like before you even get to an event, you should know basically what the people are. If you don't know, go look at prior events scroll through, look at who's made comments on it, look at the images or go into LinkedIn, mm -hmm. check out with it. And I know you're huge on LinkedIn. I mean, we can learn more on just who's connected with who on LinkedIn and who's making comments. And then by the time we go to like a chamber event mm -hmm. or a rotary or um, a huge institute presentation, we know like, you know what, here's the people that are on the board, here's their followers. I'm probably gonna bump into them. I'd really like to meet Joe, Jane and yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure you do that. This is exactly what I was talking about on a podcast that I was being interviewed on yesterday. Uh, and this gentleman is, uh, he was on my podcast too. He will be. And um, we've already done the interview, but he is a networker as well. And we were talking about, I said, the five people I want to meet at a networking event are the organizer, <clears throat> the uh, registration people or person. Big time. Big time. Uh, the uh um the speaker and the two people who are the biggest hubs in the room so they the connectors right and those are the people i want to meet but i need to have done my homework just like you said so you go with intention and somebody said or um this gentleman said to me something about someone else had said to him if she wants to meet four people she takes four business cards and i said i don't take any business cards i want your business card because now i'm in control and i'm a control freak so i want to be able to follow up not wait for them to follow up what's your take on that Nice. I love that. And it, and for those that are listening that, that don't understand why you wanted to meet the people, the receptionist and then the organizer of the events, one of the best ways, and let's go back to the top of the hour when we were talking about being memorable, you want to have one of the best ways is to compliment somebody. And just like you would do if you went to their home, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for putting together such a well-organized event. I really liked the insert the blank yeah. and when you tell somebody is that in, and i'm sure there's people that are listening that have put on big events and let me tell you there's a lot of work that goes into it and people think it just magically happens yeah. and when somebody walks up and goes oh, and i love the little details of what you did on the table and then the little this and then that and you're that event person you are going to be their instant friend same thing with the speaker when you're talking specificity so you nailed it there janice with you tell them exactly why they're so good what you liked about them and don't ask anything from them uh, but make sure they know your name so, so and i always wear uh i i have an, a magnetic name badge which is my name on there um but i give them something to remember so it's you know so like maybe i'll i'll shake my long red hair and i'll say hey you know the red hawk you know and elizabeth i live in virginia like queen elizabeth you know who, who was the queen of virginia oh okay but i give them some hook 
to yeah. remember by, or and then the next time, the other thing I would say too, is that, um, cause we really didn't get to talk about that. If we want to be memorable, those people that we just did that with next time, we remind them about something they told us. That's one of the, how's the puppy doing? That's an art. That is a huge art. I know. Yeah. And it also means that to make it not look like an art, yeah. Yeah. left that event, you get to your car, you may have their business cards. Now you write that yeah. on the back of your card and put it in your, yeah, in your CRM or your Yeah, You're flipping it over. Yeah. Just, just got a rescue dog. Daughter uh, won the soccer championship, you know, uh, uh, wife, wife is in, in the hospital. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, you write, you write stuff on there. I mean, and that's the next time you fall. Oh, and the other thing too, cause I know you're really big with following up with, with the cards and, and I have done for years too, is, you know, if there's a milestone, you, you send them a card in the mail, you, you ask for their address or you get it and you send it to their business and that, and, or if you don't have that, then you send them a phone call and just leave, Hey, uh, you know, we met at the other event, you know, two weeks ago, I just wanted to follow up, you know, it, is your mom doing okay? I know you were really worried the last time I saw you, you know, are things going better? And, but you don't bring up business. No. You just say, hey, just now you may want to say, are you going to the such and such event again? Because I'm thinking I might want to go next month, you know, and do you think that's a good fit for me? And then so, and, but don't talk anything about what you need. So, right. But what you've done is you've asked a question to elicit further engagement, which I absolutely love. And you're showing that you value their input. Like, do you think this would be a good fit for me to come back to? Or somebody said, I should also think about this. I'll do that with speaking engagements. You know, I'll finish speaking one and I'll say, let me know where else I should be. And then when people come up there, that gives me an opportunity to call back and say, I know you told me that this would be a good fit. And I followed up on that. Then some, one of your other colleagues said this, do you think that's a good place now that you've heard me present? Because then it shows that I'm listening to them, that I see them as an expert, right? Yeah. These are all gems that you're talking about. They're gems. They really are. You know, I find that when I'm doing my LinkedIn training, um, <clears throat> when I get past the uh, the profile piece and we get into messaging strategies, I do still, I find so many people say to me, well, what should I say in that message? Right. You know, and, and even with the cards, when I'm teaching people how to make sending cards a habit, and I was doing this with a woman yesterday and she's an MLM person and I love her and she's had an account for a long time but doesn't use it and she says okay this is the year I'm going to use it <clears throat> and I said to her the best thing you can do is make it a habit to say to yourself every day who needs to hear from me today yes it doesn't matter if you've spoken to them recently maybe you saw them on Facebook mate and something happened whatever it is you need to send at least one card, preferably three cards a day, because it becomes a habit and it becomes easier as you do it. And again, it's what do I say? And I said, well, that's going to come, you know, we'll, we, I help them to start with, but I'm just trying to make it a habit for them. So it's all thinking of you. That's always a good start. I'm thinking yeah. of you. <laughs> well, we, have the, we have the beauty now of being able to say, just send a postcard where you've put a photo from Facebook of them on the front of it and on the back, say something like celebrating you fridge worthy, you know, photo memory, it had to happen. That's it. And you don't even have to do the full sentence. 
So we just finished the holiday. I actually picked up the phone and I called people and thanked them or texted them for their Christmas cards. Because nice. I usually always send out. And then of course I mentioned to you that, you know, we were we were tied up with the COVID stuff. Um, but I think texting is another good thing if you know people aren't into, you know, the actual the the transaction of trying to get a card out, start with texting. Start somewhere that you're used to practicing your skills with. And the reason why I like that too, though, is that because then when you, I keep the text in a chain mm -hmm. and I will go back because it's amazing how short our memory can be. And it will be like, I will look back four months ago and I'll go, oh, wow, I, uh, you know what? I bet the daughter is about ready to um, deliver now, you know, or, or, or her son is now going into finally going to school or something. But my memory, and I have a good memory, but that's sometimes uh, I'll go back. And, and some of them like goes back for years and stuff. When I did my book launch a couple months ago, texting was a huge, huge way for me to immediately, it was more personal. Mm -hmm. uh, of course I did formal, you know, like I did all the social media and everything, mm -hmm. but texting and phone calls, when your voice is engaged, uh, it just changes. Um, you can also hit audio message on your texting. So like on your DM messages, a lot of people will go into Instagram, they'll hit, they'll go to DM me and then they just hold it down and then record a short snippet to me. And I tell you what, when, uh, when you're not, when you're not having the best day and then all of a sudden you hear somebody's voice and they say something like, Hey, you doing okay. I haven't heard from you in a while. Like I'm just checking in. Like, cause you could, did y'all just hear how many different inflections I had on that? That's entirely different than reading. Hi, I'm just checking in. Hope you're doing well. Right. I mean, it's so we all need to hear the voice if we get, can't see the body. Well, so you can take it one step further. You can even yeah. LinkedIn and you can send a video message. I need to start doing that. Oh, you're going to have to show me how. Absolutely LinkedIn master everybody. <laughs> no, together. I will absolutely show you. That's been around for a little while. And I've done that where I haven't talked to someone for a while. I sent a video message and, and this particular um, mortgage broker that I'm thinking of immediately sent me a message back and said, how did you do that? And then he figured it out and sent me one because it was a standout from the list of messages. You oh, girlfriend, you just like, boom, that was just the explosion moment. So if yeah. everybody, if you didn't get anything else today, you got, you got to go try that new tool out there. And you're so sweet. No. Okay. We're wrapping up a little bit. Yeah. I know I want to give a little bit of time to two things. One, I want to ask you, I know you just wrote a book and a new book and, and it's, I love having the actual book. <laughs> You know, yes, so can, you know, make notes in it and, and things like that, which I've started to do in the chapter that I got to first, which was the middle of the book for some reason. Anyway, um, and, and actually the chapter title was how to be a magnet to true friends, be the real deal. And so much of what you talked about today speaks to that, you know, being authentic, um, paying attention, listening so that you can show that you are, um, you know, speaking from your heart because that's really what i think it's about when you when you want to build friendships with people as as you do um where was i going with that uh, oh so um what is your preferred method of gathering information these days is it reading a real book is it audio books is it podcasts is it videos on youtube what do you do the most where do you what's your first go-to you know, I love articles. 
uh, under accredited sources. So, you know, coming from a clinical world, we were all about white papers yes. and, val and valid sources. So uh, online, I will look for articles that are current. So I stay up to date. I still, uh, I still do love a good book, uh, for example, um, and this is kind of an older one, but Loneliness by uh, John Cassiopo hmm. is one of the ones that I'm going through right now because we are in a loneliness epidemic right now. And that's what I speak to, the power of connecting. Um, I like books though, because as you can see, I go through and I highlight yes, me too. I tell you what I do. And, and I saw you have the dovetails on my book there, Collecting True Friends, is I highlight stuff, I tag it, and then I work that back into my speeches, back into my conversations with people, because I'm very curious and I like to share what I learn. And I think like, for example, one of the things I learned is loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So when somebody is lonely, truly lonely, it physically declines their health. So to me that like, that's a stat that when I read it, mm -hmm. I, that I had to learn more about it. So I do like podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, I've become a real fan of them, obviously, this last year. Now that I'm out there, I'm, I'm guesting on so many and, and I'm recommending so many, like I'm recommending yours out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the tactileness and stuff. It's, um, there's okay. just something about it. Throw it in my, throw it in my handbag. And yeah, I, I'm not big on Kindle. I don't need extra no. light. On me. <laughs> well, I, I agree. And, and I find though that what's happened as I've gotten older, though, is my attention span is shorter. And yeah. um, sometimes I find myself, even though I prefer to read a, you know, a, a real book, I, unless I've got something in my hand to do that, I'll lose concentration faster. So I have to be careful, right? So, um, squirrel. Oh, pardon squirrel. me? Yeah, exactly. So like I have, I'm always so busy doing 14 things at once. Okay, last question. And you already spoke to this actually, and I think may have answered part of it. It's a two part question. And my favorite word is curiosity. And, uh, and I, I want to know if you think curiosity is innate or learned. And second part, what are you most curious about today, which you may have already answered, but you're, you can certainly answer it again, if you want to. Sure, sure. I, I think curiosity is innate. And I have been accused of being the world's most curious person since I was old enough to walk. What's this? What's that? And I was probably that annoying kid that put everything in her mouth so that because you remember back then we were tasting and learning yes. everything. So and I actually made a um, yeah, in fact, I know I did that because I had a mud tea party and ended up at the hospital when I was three years old. I thought that would be great, you know, like to serve and eat mud. So, so yeah, yeah. There, there's a vulnerable moment for your listeners. <laughs> So I do think it's innate and uh, as we're children, I think that it also goes up until into our 20s. This is what I would tell your listeners and, and I want them to really, really put their, their thinking gear on and, and, and trust me when I say this. I also do believe you can learn it. However, it's harder. So if you find that you're just going to dismiss that out, just like I've had so many people in business say, oh, I'm just terrible at names, Elizabeth. I'm not no good at that. I'm like, stop that. It is time right now that you do not ever say that to somebody again, because what you just said to them is I'm not interested in learning your name ever, which means I don't want to know you. So it's the same thing when somebody tells me, Janice, that they're, you know, well, you're so curious and I just, I'm not that curious about stuff. 
I would like to challenge them back and say, you can learn to be more curious because here's the thing, you need to have smarter people around you. If you are the smartest person, and we've all heard this before, but if you're the smartest person around you all day long, I got news for you all. You're gonna dumb out at a certain age and you gotta rise in your curiosity because you gotta start saying, well, what don't I know? And, and, and if we don't ever do that, then your intellect is going to be tapped out, say, and I'm going to make up a number, but maybe 40. So I do believe it starts out at eight. I do believe that some of us have a head start on it, like mine. I don't know why. I've always been insatiably curious and stuff. But I do also believe that if you are not learning something every day, particularly from every person, new stranger that you meet, even if you think they're boring, make it a personal challenge and say to yourself, I'm going to learn one new thing from this person that I think there's not possibly anything he or she could ever teach me, show me, tell me about. And you will be surprised if you start challenging yourself, you will, you will teach yourself that. The thing I'm most curious about, and I actually remember part two of your question, part two, <laughs> is um, I want to know, I want to know what it's going to take for the world to really understand and how to become better friends to one another. And that's why I did write Collecting True Friends because I was shocked how many people really don't understand the mechanics. There are mechanics just like in networking, there's mechanics and logistics that if you follow a certain methodology and that's covered in the book, mm -hmm. if they do it, Janice, then they can be amazing friends and they can have amazing friends. So I'm just curious and amazed I just stand in awe that when people tell me like, I've never had a great friend, people, do, people don't stay in my life long. I, I, I just kind of step back and I get really curious on that. I, and then of course, you know, being the world's most curious person over here, then I have to say, well, tell me about that. And then when I dig deeper, that's when the great conversations start. Um, but I just don't understand why with, you know, billions of people on the planet, I mean, if they say that with that we have what 20 different possible soulmates that could be, you know, we could romantically get linked up with, why doesn't everybody have an amazing inner circle? So that's my thing I'm so curious about. It's like you don't have to be lonely. And I and my slogan is a life lacking friends is totally fixable. There were just so many gems in that last. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. You know, I remember trying to. I have two daughters. One of them is very outgoing and much like me, an A-type personality and talks to everybody and anybody, which I think comes from my mother, bless her, because she did too and cared about everybody. My mother used to send postcards from vacation to the butcher, you know, oh, like when it, yeah, everybody. But she, I bet she got great rose. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, I, my other daughter's more introverted and, and, she's bigger challenge for me because she's not like me, but you know, she'll say, mom, I don't care. And I'll say, well, why don't you care? You have to care. And then the other piece I always say to her is, you know, to have a good friend, you need to be a good friend. And that's, I think a great place to, to end because I know collecting true friends, your book is all about that and about how to be that true friend to people. And, and who, who's worthy of it. So the subtitle is be a magnet to those worthy Yes. Of your time and devotion because Janice I'm throwing it out there too not everybody's worthy of you and, it, and it's okay for us to be bold enough it's not being mean 
but but you've got amazing listeners and if you just haven't had the relationships and friendships you wanted in the past it's because those people were not worthy of you and it's time that you start attracting be a magnet to those that are worthy and then likewise be worthy of them and all of a sudden the whole world changes so true this has been such a delight elizabeth my Thank pleasure you so much for being my guest um I will put it in the show notes, but just tell me where people can uh, find you. Oh, absolutely. So if they'd like to get hold of the book, it's collectingtruefriends.com. It's easy to go to. And then I'd love for them, to, I'd love to connect with me at my website, elizabethduncanhawker.com. So it's Elizabeth, D-U-N-C-A-N, Hawker, H-A-W-K-E-R.com. But if it's easier, just go to collectingtruefriends.com and you can find me there. I know my name's kind of long and so okay. it's, it's, all good. it's so, so wonderful. And, and I do really believe, and I will say it again, a life lacking friends is totally fixable. So do not be lonely in life, find great friends, have great relationships, enjoy yourself. And, you know, it's, there's people out there that want to want to be worthy of you. So it's, especially right now, there's yeah. a lot of lonely people. Let's help that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Janice. Thank you so much for being here. And to my audience, thank you again for listening. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please leave a review. We love positive reviews. And uh, let us know that um, we can bring you more of the same. I have a feeling I need to have Elizabeth back a second time to continue the conversation. So remember, stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share out this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.